When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast, the Sutton podcast. It's been a while. It's been about 170 weeks. So if you have been waiting with bated breath, I do apologize. Um, But here we are. We've got another one. Um, In an act of amazing continuity, I have also picked up another cough, just the same as I had in the last one. So I do this for you. Um, So it just now sounds exactly the same as it was before. Joining me um, in this first one of this new season, um, we have got Jenny, Joe and Andy. No particular order there, just the the order they joined the call in. Um, I just want to say hello to all of you and thank you for joining me. We're going to start off with the very cheesy, who are you? So here we go. So we'll start with Jenny. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your Sutton United history. Right. Um, yeah, well, my name's Jenny. I'm not the giraffe. I'm not the mascot. Uh, but um, my dad, I used to live in Hilldale Road, which is the road by the Plough uh, pub. Um, grew up until I was eight in Hilldale Road. And when I was five, my dad, uh, who a lot of people know down the club, Bert or Albert Corkett, who was stewarding and various other things down there. Um, many people know he passed away two days after we were promoted. Um, but he took me when I was five. Um, I'm now old. <laughs> so, uh, and always supported them my whole life. Um, when I was working in various 
guys is obviously I didn't get down to the club as much as possible, but I now live in Swindon <laughs> for my sins and, uh, you know, go to, well, at the moment I go to every home and away match. I've only missed one and that was against Portsmouth, but I retired early once we got promoted and now go to every, every match that I can get to. And that's me, roughly. <laughs> Excellent. Lovely. We certainly do remember Albert. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's told me off a few times over the years when I was younger as well. But we'll, we'll skip we'll, we'll skip over that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Joe, how about yourself? I've been going since the, the mid to late 80s. Um, and yeah, I'd say on and off. I mean, my dad first took me down like, my, like most people, really. Um, and I, I couldn't tell you what my first game was, but he was rifling through some old programs the other week, funnily enough, and found the one where I was masked, got to get close in town. 91 when I was I proudly declared myself an avid stamp collector, but I'm not sure I've uh, ever never found one since. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, you know, I was going, it was a great place to go as a kid. Um, teenage years, send you wayward, and, uh, and, and having a little one of my own dragged me back very much around the start of the Doz era, really. And uh, <laughs> regular since then, and, and, and I, I told my son when uh, when we drew past him in the, the, the cut. Just, just remember this because you'll never see anything quite like this. And here we are. <laughs> I suppose that's me, really. Yeah, excellent. I mean, I, I do know lots of people remember their, their first game vividly, but I'm similar to you. I just, it, I remember going. I've dug out the programs. Go, oh, that was the game, but I don't remember an awful lot about it. I know we won, and that's probably why I came back. <coughs> I know Lenny scored, um, but <laughs> that was it. Uh, and Andy, how about yourself? Well, um, yeah, well, I'm Andy. I'm Sutton born and bred. I still live in Sutton. Um, although people that know me probably know that um, my my family history isn't from Sutton. I come from, from Cyprus. Um, but I, yeah, I remember vividly going to my first game. It was, um, I believe, early September 1987. Um, we played Boston United in the then GM Boxing Conference. And um, an old school friend of mine, a guy called Paul Eldridge, um, uh, said you fancy coming to a Sutton game, and I went, yeah, right, why not? Um, I think for, uh, I think in those days, for your under 16s, as I was at the time, I think it was about three or four quid to get in, something like that. Um, and uh, we lost, we lost two one. Um, and I remember, I think Vernon Pratt made his debut that day um, as a substitute. Um, but yeah, so went in '87, went for a few a few games then, um, and managed to get. Very early on in my Sutton career, the um, Aldershot game and the Middlesbrough, <coughs> which was quite nice. And um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been a Sutton fan ever since. I had a big big gap, like many people do, because uh, mm. life kind of gets in the way. But I'd say probably since about two thousand and four, I missed about five or six games a season. So uh, I have I have <coughs> my fans for Rochdale this weekend and Colchester, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about in a bit. Yep. Excellent. Well, I'm similar with that gap. Um, I I do remember, I did have to look it up because I moved to this area and um, at the time I was kind of 13, 14 and realising that football was something you should really watch properly, <laughs> not not um, just when it TV show it. And I used to support Man United as a kid because um, all my uncles <laughs> and everyone supported London clubs. So I decided that I wasn't going to do that. And Man United had a load of Irish players, so I decided I'd support them. Um, and I stopped supporting Man United, and this is very, very important. And I started supporting Sutton back in '88, which coincides nicely with when Alex Ferguson took over Manchester United. 
And obviously I missed all that. Um, but I came to Sutton after going to Carshalton. Um, I've been to Tootin and Mitcham. And literally one day I just turned up at Sutton and I was there really early because I didn't know where the place was. And the lady that was on the gate kind of realised I was new and she brought me in and took me around, um, got me a free programme and a free drink and a free Mars bar. And I'm pretty sure the money's gone back on, in, into the club many, many times <laughs> over over the years. But it was me hooked because I got free stuff. Um, and as I say, we won. And Lenny, I'm fairly sure Lenny scored that day because I loved him for a long, long time. Still do. Um, <laughs> so um, what I'm going to quickly do is something I thought was a brilliant idea um, as most of my ideas are really really brilliant until I come to do it um, so I just wanted to do a little bit on this past week or so and the good the bad and the ugly and I've picked up the sound bit for it so I'm going to play it whether you like it or not <laughs> sure i'm going to carry on with that but anyway um so this week um what would you guys say was the good of this past week for me the the good was um the the build-up to the match on tuesday i i actually because i'm living in swindon you know uh people thought it was a bit cocky but i made sure that um i wore all my sutton t-shirts and you know the ones where we won the league and walking walking around the the town and that i did get a few uh, looks, but no one ever approached me. But um, now I thoroughly enjoyed making sure all the people I used to work with, who are Swindon supporters, and there was quite a lot. Um, you know, lots of banter was going on. But I, the, the good, yeah, absolutely loved it. They knew I was looking forward to this match, um, and that was the good. Just, just the build up from after Crawley. Really, I started it um, the moment I got back from Crawley, and uh, and it carried on right up until the match. And beyond, as you can imagine, but that wasn't so much the good. No, no. <laughs> but it was that, yeah. <laughs> Joe, for you, the good? Well, for me, yeah, for me, I was going to say the, I say the return to form is not even the, the, the last week necessarily, but um, things have gone in last week. Obviously, they the penalty against Crawley, but there's a couple of cracking saves he made one right at the end as well, tipping it over the bar, and then after he had a tough start for the season. And, um, I, you know, I think that sort of cemented it. The Port Vale game, he made some cracking saves, you know, so we ended up winning that. Yeah. Also, I think the penalty kind of put the seal on it, hearing everyone chant his name. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think actually, um, if I remember rightly as well, was it, was it him at the end of the Port Vale game, had a little uh, set to with their assistant? He did, yeah. Yeah. Along the way, so, yeah. So, yeah, so definitely, definitely Dino for me. Excellent. And Andy? I actually have to agree. I think I think Dean Bazalis, um He's um, yeah, it, as Joe quite rightly said, he got a he got quite a bit of stick, probably quite unfairly <coughs> at the start of the season, particularly um, after the Forest Green late goal. Which uh, for anyone that was there, I mean, anyone who said that they were standing on the terraces and saw that winning goal go in is a complete liar because it was raining so heavily, yeah. you couldn't see a thing. Um, so yeah, there was no way a keeper was going to see that. So it's those examples where he's just had a, yeah, he had a bit of bad luck and things didn't quite go his way. But I felt after the Crawley game in particular, it was redemption for him. Um, he he played an absolute blinder. He saved the penalty. Okay, the penalty wasn't the best penalty you'll ever see, but it doesn't matter. You've got to save it. Um, and the fact that he did, and really on Tuesday night, there was very little he could have done with either of those two goals. Um, 
I think on certainly on Tuesday night he kept the score respectable for us um, yeah. at a time where we could have been significantly worse off. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I kind of said at the time when he was um, going through the, the rough patch at the start is he, he's he's not a Premier League goalkeeper. He's going to make about ten or so mistakes a season, and we're just getting them all done early. Let's get it done now, and then we'll have a great yeah. season for the rest of, rest of the year. Um, but for me, yeah, it's definitely the, the, the Crawley, Crawley game. It was actually something else that he did in the Crawley game. It wasn't necessarily the penalty save. It was where he was going absolutely mental and getting everyone worked up and wound up, um, which I think gave him a little bit of impetus for the last few minutes of the match, which we obviously went on to win it. So um, I know he got booked for his troubles, and I think that's his third one of the season. Um, but um, for, for me, it, it was Dean, but for a slightly different reason to you guys. Remembering there's two other sections, one the bad, one the ugly. What, what's the bad for you guys? I think the standard, the standard. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we could have said that at any point over the last, well, probably as long as we've been going, obviously. We yeah. have got a cross to bear with the officials, which sort of fan happens. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know, it was probably naive to think that, that it would have uh, improved necessarily. Yeah. In the League, the Football League, given that, you know, not too far apart, but I mean, there's been some, some shocking calls or, or shocking non calls. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I stand in an area right behind the linesman and I'm sure they all love me. Like, and this is the bad? Yeah, the bad for me was um, the first half an hour on, on Tuesday. I thought we were we were we were really just off the pace. Balls were going all over the place. We weren't getting any rhythm together. We we were being owned by a, a strong Swindon side. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I, I don't think I've seen us play that badly all season. Um, mm. So I was, I was, I was fearing the worst. Um, uh, but again, credit to the club, they, they turned it around. The, the proper something we saw in the second half it wasn't enough to get us a result. But again, it was, it was a complete turnaround from that that first half now, which was, which was, which was really shocking. Yeah. And Jenny, for you? Yeah, the 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 bad really sort of is a bit more to do like with the officials is I noticed sort of straight away I think even from the first game um, and we got to wise up to it that the mo- it seemed with the opposition the moment someone just touched them they went down as if they were poleaxed and um, you know a lot of the referees were falling for it but it's weird it's just like we we didn't play into that um, but when we went down we didn't seem to get anything I just noticed that a lot of the, uh, you know, opposition players, literally, you've, you've just got to touch them uh, and they go over and they get the free kick. I don't know. I'm trying not to be biased. I don't yeah, think no. I am. It's, no, it's, I'm not. It's just that, you know, it, it's as if that's what yeah. the players do in this league. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's learning now how that how that carries on because I know Craig... <laughs> Craig Eastman. Oh, sorry, Craig. No, I know Craig sort of is a little bit more wise to that. And I've seen him sometimes. I think, oh, come on, Craig. But looking at the teams we played, a lot of them, literally, they just... And I mean, that penalty, um, you know, when... Not the penalty, you know, with Adji Boy, when he literally touched, you know, and I think, well, how come the referees don't see that when when they, you know, when yeah. that happens with us? But I've that's, to me, that's quite annoying when you know just a slight touch of the shirt and they go over like they poleaxed um, and quite. we don't seem to do that and maybe no. we need to wise up and, and, and 
do that a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit of uh, game management. I know the first few games yeah. of the season we were struggling with that, but I think we are getting slightly, yeah. slightly better. Yeah. Um, okay, so the the ugly. Anyone want to raise the um, on the uh, still allegations? Because obviously, yeah, I know what I know what everyone's going <laughs> to say. Probably yeah, no, cruelly, isn't yeah, it? I no, mean. Yeah, for me it wasn't necessarily the allegation because oh. yes, it could have yeah. been something misheard. Obviously, I don't necessarily yeah. believe that, but it could have been. But it's the reaction of people saying no, it didn't happen, or that he's lying. I mean, that's yeah. what I found a bit disingenuous. Yeah. Is that oh, he's done this before? I mean, I actually I don't know whether he, it's happened to Kobe before. I must admit, I uh, not yeah. that I know down yeah. at Sutton, but I looking at some of their tweets, <laughs> uh, I I found you know, come on, let. Let someone investigate it as they should, but but don't start saying you know this yeah. is what he does and we're not like that. I'm yeah. sorry, but I found that as the ugly. Yeah. Really, I would not really come across it before. No, since I've been down Sutton, and which you know, not impressed really with that. Yeah. And guys, similar. I think it has to be really. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the atmosphere certainly at the end of the game, Crawley as well, was was not positive at all. There was. Um, there was certainly as I was leaving the ground, there were some Crawley fans. Obviously, they have their they had thug element, and uh, they decided to uh, try and uh, start a bit of a ruckus with some of the, some of the Sutton players. Luckily, it didn't get to very much, but it was you know it was certainly instigated by Crawley. Yeah. So although I didn't see the incident, obviously it happened at the completely other end of the pitch in a three thousand five hundred however many crowd. Um, my gut feeling is that actually, yeah, it probably did happen. Um, and yeah. if you're standing in a big crowd and people people are cheering and people are making noise, you don't hear the person five 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 along from you. Absolutely not. You, the, you know, um, the group, so the group over, you can't hear them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very it's very easy for people to say, "Well, no, I didn't hear it, so it didn't happen." Yeah. Um, no, you shouldn't really say <laughs> because you wouldn't get a reaction like that. Yeah. Um, certainly, Kobe has not got form of having a reaction like that at all. Um, and it's very, very out of character in terms of his, mm. his persona, which always comes across as very positive. Um, and this was this wasn't the point where we were losing the game either. It was yeah, a very that's right. Game. It wasn't like sour grapes or anything like that. So, mm. for me, objectively, I would say, yeah, it, it probably did happen. Um, yeah. And I really hope that probably have taken this seriously and have looked into it in, in more detail. The reason why I say I hope it was misheard is I'm a nice person and I don't want to think someone thinks like that so yes I would really hope but his reaction on the pitch as you say there was no need for it at that time and it definitely put him off his game for a good few minutes we've got nothing to gain from that so um, yeah I, I, he definitely heard something um, but it was the reaction of everyone saying oh it didn't happen that, that was certainly for me um, and, and Joe I presume similar or have you got yeah no absolutely I'm not, I, I guess that, that, that everyone would, would say this and then you know, I can only echo those thoughts. I, I, to, to, to lighten the ugly a little bit, I suppose, I, I was actually going to say the Johnny Williams goal. Um, I mean, Nick, Nick Williams is much more of a claim than I was because he's, he's a cult hero for the Welsh, and, and I am a Welsh from the sins. Um, Nick follows Wales home and away, and uh, yeah, I say he's, uh, I think he's got much more of a claim to me on this. Uh, I've, I've, <laughs> he's seen him a lot more than me, at least he's seen him score for Wales. I'm yeah. to watch him. Yeah, it's a cracking goal, but uh, yeah. yeah, obviously. <laughs> this is the past the other night. <laughs> Very mixed feelings on that, I, I know you know. We, we could always just say that, you know, the ugly is Johnny Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
we've kind of covered some of this, um, but have we got anything more to add on the Crawley match? Um, obviously, fighting spirit. Um, we dug deep again. Has anyone got any more to add to it? Not a great deal, like you say. I think it's, it's, it also. I mean, it's only my second away game for the season. It's Cardiff earlier. I haven't been to any of the league home games, but from what I hear and the limited highlights that I've seen, it's been about us not taking chances and, and letting silly ones in, or, or, or otherwise. And, and I think you know that 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 was evidence of a lesson learned um, at Corley. Yeah, I think it was the other way around. There was we we, we were we were battling and. You weren't going to score, and then we went and nicked it at the end. I actually thought it was an own goal because um, the way it looped up off the defender and yeah. the keeper jumped up, I thought it was an own goal. And that kind of, I ended up being because my friend was a bottle job and he didn't want to stand with you lot, so we ended up being in in <laughs> in the home section. So I saw it go in, and I kind of just quickly buried my head because I thought I can't celebrate this. I can't celebrate this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that that was a definite um, good game. Um, Swindon, I mean. Yeah, we kind of covered it. As Andy said, the ball was um, just not sticking to our players. It was bouncing away from everyone. We were just not there. And it felt very, very flat. Um, I was surprised when we scored. And I did think we can't ever do this coming back from 2-0 down again. It doesn't happen that often. You can't do it a, week, a couple of weeks apart. Um, but yeah, as you say... Yeah, so it was very, very windy the first half, and I felt that we really a lot of the passes were, you know, they were hit too hard, or so they didn't sort of control the wind as well. And I, I said to someone in the second half, I said that wind's gone now, you know, that it, it wasn't as windy uh, the second half, but I felt there was a lot of passes that, you know, when we had a corner and it went right over everyone's head, and uh, the accuracy didn't seem to be there. Um, you know, against Swindon. Uh, but what I do like, and it's the same for Crawley, is I'm not saying we never in the past, but they don't give up until the final whistle. You know, the the the, the spirit there is uh, is I, I feel something is from last season probably as well. But um, they really don't give up until the the whistle's gone, and that's great to see. Really, it's it's interesting you say something about the spirit. I'm oh, sorry, Joe. Go on. No, no, I, I, was, I was just going to agree. I mean, you like you said, I think it was, I can't remember who it was now, said bad, you know, obviously, him and Collarbone particularly. Um, you know, because, you know, yeah, I suppose another good would be the competition for places as, as well. Except, as we know, most of the squad, um, probably would never have come out of that team if, if, he, if he hadn't had COVID. You've got Ali Smith who comes in and, and does a cracky job, gives himself no reason to be dropped. Then he comes out, him and comes back in, and, and he's you know man of the match at Crawley. And I thought you know for the for the 60, 70 minutes, whatever it was, he was on the pitch on Tuesday night was man of the match. And I, I think we, we we lost something when he came off. Came off. That's, that's nothing against John Barvin. Um, I thought he did a good job. Good to see him back in the middle of the midfielder. I think he started when he joined us. But um, yeah, it's, 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 that never say die, isn't it? But, but like you say, we can't keep doing it from two 0 down. Um, can I can I disagree here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I think actually Harry probably didn't have a very good start to the season. Um, not necessarily Harry's fault. I mean, Harry's had um, he's had a difficult close season. Obviously, he's become a dad again, um, and uh, obviously it's affected how Harry plays. Um, but also as well, I mean, certainly from some of the games that I've been to, Scunthorpe's the one that really sticks to mind. Um, is that 
Um, Matt played Harry out on the out on the right, I think it was, um, or uh, uh, right on the left from the sides. Um, and Harry naturally is not a is not a wide player; he's a central player. And what we're seeing was that Harry, particularly at Scunthorpe, but also in a couple of other games he played, he kept drifting in, um, and he was just leaving big gaps for the opponents to actually go up that side. I think he was, yeah, I think he was playing on the, yeah, I think he was playing on the right. And he was just leaving big gaps. Um, so I, I think, as performance-wise, Harry wasn't the Harry that we we know and love at the start of the season. And getting COVID also didn't help. So he's, I think he's a quite torrid sign. Um, but I don't disagree whatsoever with your assessment of Harry on Saturday. I think he was, that was that that was the first time this season, I've missed, I've missed two games, that I've seen the old brilliant Harry back. And he was superb. And he was, again, once the team got going on Tuesday, I thought he was superb again. And I think you were right. We did lose something. That that engine room had gone um, when he went off. Yeah, definitely. He was um, described to me by um, that ratty midfield player that was all over the place against Crawley. And I was like, oh yeah, I know who you <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, so, FA Cup draw, we've got um, the mighty Hazen Yedding, which... I remember going there many years ago, but uh, they've changed their stadium since, I think, have they? Is it the one on the industrial estate? Oh, sorry, one sec. Sorry. <laughs> it, no, it, it, you're right, Jenny, it is the one on the industrial estate, but... Oh, I've been there, then, yeah. the same stadium. No, oh. they've completely rebuilt it, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how do we feel about being... The target club now, the big club. <laughs> it's a bit of a change for us in the FA Cup first round, isn't it? I think we've been the target since the cup run, though. You know, we saw it against. Uh, yeah. Did I say it? Uh, repeat, you know. It, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry to, to remind everyone of that, but I think since, you know, since, since then we've, we've been the target club, as I think we were in, in, in the early nineties as well. But I, I remember that less so, having been somewhat younger, I feel. Um, so yeah, I, do, I think it's interesting doing it as a league club now and going straight in around one, which is is nice. Uh, but yeah, maybe that puts a difference to be honest. Um, but yeah, I see Salford get the TV cut. I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, that's obvious. <coughs> Let's not worry too much about what they're doing. <laughs> and, and and Andy, what do you think of it? Um. Well, we're playing. We're playing a club that were at our level five years ago, and we're now three divisions apart from them. Um, on paper, as we know, I'm trying not to use any cliches tonight, we should we should batter them, even at their place. But it's the FA Cup. We've seen the other side of the coin. It's, it's very different for us. I think for me, um, and again, this is going to be quite controversial. I'm sure people are going to send me messages to say, well, "Why are you saying this?" Is that actually my expectations of cup runs are quite low. Um, and the reason why is because with Doz in charge, Doz, Doz had a, a fantastic ability to G up players for big games. And there's no doubt whatsoever that we would have had an amazing cup run without Doz. And it wasn't just that cup run. We'd actually had a few flirtations, first, second rounds all over the place um, because he was very, very good at kind of Ging up teams in that respect. Um Doz's, Doz's weakness in that respect was that whenever we played teams like Maidenhead, who were not big clubs, he found it a lot more difficult to G up teams to play those to play those sorts of games, and therefore we never beat Maidenhead. 
Um, Matt is a completely different type of manager. He's not the kind of the extremes of dots. Mm. He's very much every game, it doesn't matter who we're playing, every game, every game, every game. Which is always going to be good if you're playing a kind of a lower strength side. Um, so I think we I think we will get through. Um, but I think when we start getting teams that are bigger, it's going to be an even match, and we're probably going to go out. So I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to say that we're going to have a cup run. Um, but I think a team like Hazen Yedding, however well they are doing this season, because they've still not lost a game. Um, I think we are probably going to still be too strong for them, um, as long as the team that turns up is not the team that turned up for the first 30 minutes of the Swindon game. Um, if that team turns up, Hazen will have every chance of doing a number on us. And Jenny, anything to add? Yeah, well, only that obviously you mentioned Dos. Well, of course, he, he did his magic again last night where, when they, <coughs> they beat Torquay to set up a, a tie at Charlton Athletic, which, uh, you know, all power to him, really. But, um, you know, to beat Torquay, I mean, <laughs> Torquay must love him because obviously when he was with us, you know, when we used to go to Torquay, we used to beat them quite happily. Um, but no, he... he he done his magic again last night, and good luck to him on that. I'm glad we, you know, there's always a threat that we might meet them. But no, Hazen Yedin, yeah, quite right. Uh, we we won't have any history of being in the FA Cup as a league side, so it's sort of a blank sheet of paper, um, and we'll see how that goes. We, we should beat them, uh, and I'm just depending, in a sense, on... I'm sure Matt will put out the strongest team he can, and the players. Uh, I'm sure for for them they'll they'll <laughs> want to win, and it's an interesting one, really interesting one. And I know he wants to go as far as he can for the money, uh, quite rightly. Um, but you know, interesting. But I should be there. Uh, it's uh, easy to get to from Swindon, obviously, <laughs> just the M4. But yeah, it, it, to me, it's a blank sheet. We're, we're now a football league side and we have no history of that in the FA Cup. So we're there to be shot at like we always are, but it'd be nice for a win. Excellent. Right. I'm glad you've kind of all mentioned Doz because um, I was sitting there thinking, hang on a minute, I've missed a bit. And I meant to talk at the beginning a little bit of filling in some gaps from my 170-week uh, hiatus. Um, so I was going to say if we could cover a little bit about the thinking back to the 18-19 season I think a couple of high spots was the um, the Iron Brew Cup obviously the, the fantastic away trips for me especially the Dublin one made sure I was on that and the I think the other major point there is the, the loss of Doz that they ended that year trying to think back with the eyes at the time how were we feeling at the time if you can remember obviously Things have changed dramatically since then, so it's time for a bit of honesty. <laughs> I can't say a thing about the Iron Brew, by the way, because I didn't, I wasn't, I was working, so I can opt out of that because I was working at those and, and missed all the away matches, which I'd have loved to do, but no, I, w I wasn't at any of those matches, so I can opt out of that bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, did, I didn't go either, Jenny. I have to say, actually, the club did a decent job of putting them on in the bar and, and it was you know it was a part. not quite the adventure that everyone else had in fact I know that but um, yeah we enjoyed ourselves down there nonetheless but I mean on, on the dog thing I mean that, you know I, I don't know if you were all there that night 
when uh, when he, he announced it, uh, and, and it was a, a strange one in the room. Oh, with hindsight, it almost seems an inevitability. I think there was someone who left early, and, and he made what what everyone thought was a joke at the time. Saying, "Yeah, and uh, I'm mean, uh, leaving." Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a strange one at the, at the time, and, and with hindsight. Um, and then I, I thought the way that it was managed after that was was somewhat clumsy and maybe didn't cover himself in glory um, much as he might have liked him to. Uh, but you know, we wouldn't be well I say we wouldn't be talking right now, I'm sure we would be in some way, shape or form, but you know, all, all, all you know, Yeah. Even if it doesn't feed it at the time. Yeah. Um Andy, your thoughts? Last Andy. Andy you're on mute, sorry. Sorry, I was doing my doing my good bit there. Um, I was in Dublin. Um, I went to that game, um, and I I put it down. I mean, I don't normally say this after a defeat, but I put it down as one of my favourite Sutton games ever. Not because of what happened on the pitch. Um, it was. Well, I think I can think of two games in my thirty plus years of supporting Sutton where I really, really felt that the crowd were completely completely in unison and it had such a brilliant brilliant atmosphere amongst the crowds Bohemians was one and Cardiff this season was the other um, and it just it was just glorious the fans there were just it was it was a big adventure for everyone um, and it was fantastic um, so the Ivory Cup was a, was a great distraction um, but saying that it felt like to me that directly after the Bohemians game it was like somebody switched the light switch off in Dos. And <laughs> it wasn't quite the same after that as a Sutton, the Sutton sport. Now, I know, obviously, you know, the, the reasons behind him leaving were completely understandable. And how, you know, how obviously he, was, he found it really, really difficult and was just exhausted. But that, to me, was the kind of the watershed moment where I think he thought, or a thought came into his head saying, well, actually, probably I've done all I can do here. Um, and he was just kind of marking in time. And then obviously, you know, when, when he brought Matt Gray in, he's obviously kind of doing his succession plan, um, which he, I think he obviously did very, very well, um, as, as obviously we can say because we're in the league. Um, so when he announced he was leaving, it wasn't a surprise at all. It kind of, it, it, again, it, as, as, uh, as Joe said, it was kind of very, it felt very inevitable at that point. Um, the recruitment of a, of a new manager at the time, and I hands up, it did feel like the kind of the Sutton route of the kind of the early nineties and kind of going to the going back to the way of well, let's just promote from within or let's make sure that somebody whoever we get in has a connection with Sutton, however good or bad they are. And um, I, I won't. I mean, I could spend the entire podcast talking about Ian Hazel, but I won't. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, so when Matt was first appointed, I thought, well, I don't actually know anything about this guy to mm. think, yeah, yeah, yeah or no. Um, whoever takes that job is going to have a really difficult, difficult task. At the time, I thought, well, I prefer someone with a bit of experience of managing at this level. Matt didn't have any. He had some assistant management experience, but as we know, that's a completely different kettle of fish. And his, the start of his raid was very, very difficult because I think he picked up 
um, he picked up um, a lot of players who really didn't want to play for anyone but Dos. Um, mm. And Dos got the best out of some of those players, which another manager couldn't get. Um, and just there was just a small change. And we're going back to Turkey um, when we won that when we won that match that basically yeah. turned our season round. Um, it was it was it was just two small changes. It was Jamie Collins not playing and getting Sanov in goal. Um, I think Jamie Butler's confidence was completely shot at that point, and I think he was he was struggling more than any goalkeeper I've seen struggle as, as Sutton's as Sutton's number one keeper. Um, and I think Jamie Collins was one of those players that really wanted to play for Dawson, didn't really want to play elsewhere. Um, and also, I think time was kind of catching up with him at that point. Uh, he was getting, you can see he was physically getting bigger, not necessarily in a muscular way. Um, and basically having Louis John and Nick Sanoff in for those two was enough for me to turn it around. And actually, that was the point where I thought, actually, yeah, Matt, Matt can actually can shape his own team here. Um, and it went, all, it went all good from there, really. And then we went on a great run, controlled <laughs> by COVID, and then uh, wait, last season happened. So yeah, well, for me on the the, the Iron Brew, the, the, the trip to Dublin, my overriding memory of it was um, Bruce in the um, bar, and as I came in, there were still people behind me. As I came in, he said it in this extremely high pitched voice to someone. I don't know who who it was. But literally, he was looking out behind, going, they're still coming in! <laughs> they're still coming in! <laughs> and I was just creasing up, because obviously no one at the club had any idea how many people were going to take to this and come. And it was just, it kind of, everyone was like, Dublin? Yeah, lovely. There were, <coughs> there were people flying out on the morning, coming back in the afternoon. It was just, it was, as you say, it was a great atmosphere, really amazing time, um, and a, a nice club to go to as well. They were nice and friendly a lot. For me, the Los does obviously... Understood completely. Two hours there, two hours home is a bit of a, a, a trek for anyone. And then you've got all, all different times at the, uh, the club and it was more of a full-time job than he ever wanted. You're quite right, Joe. It did leave a bit of a taste where he went very quickly to another club, although he, he did say he was never going to leave football. Um, but it was like, yeah, that was done. If you'd been honest and that deal was done, we would have probably just accepted that anyway. For me, Matt, my biggest disappointment at the time was finding out this Matt Gray wasn't the Matt Gray that played for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's I like, same. I was like, hang on, they're two different people. What are you on about? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, underwhelmed. Um, but like most of us, willing to give him a chance. Um, and, yeah, as you say, it isn't Sutton's way to just go, right, off you go. And thankfully, thankfully so. Um, so they, they were my sort of high, or high and low points of that season. I'm just going to do another really cheesy bit, and um, I will. <laughs> well, basically, could, what, what this? Yeah, go on. Sorry, Jenny. Go on. No, can I just can I just add because I I didn't say anything about Dawes. In oh, the... sorry. No, no, that's all right. I mean, um, he. I mean, I hadn't even heard of him when he came to the club. You know, it, I think everyone was who who's he? You know, I know that was m- myself. Um, he he did. You know, an amazing amount for the. He t- he turned it round. He, I think he said when he first got there, you know, he wanted to put the s- smile back on people's faces. I mean, he certainly did that. He had his faults. I totally agree with that. You know, the way he left. Um, I could totally understand 
having always have to drive to two hours myself. Um, but I didn't do that for perhaps three or four times a week uh, for 11 years. And I wouldn't have lasted that long. Um, so I had quite a lot of sympathy in that aspect. Um, but I did, what is nice, I do genuinely believe he really has a soft spot still for Sutton. I actually saw him on August Bank holiday this year when um haven't played Chippenham because I'm local uh, or near them. And um, I went down, he came over and I said, oh, you're, you, you know, you, you're happy to speak to a, a fan of a, a football league club then and, and he had a laugh and, and we had a chat and yeah he's thrilled yeah no, for what Sutton's doing you know and I think if Sutton was nearer to Winchester or he was nearer to Sutton I think he would have stayed although I nearly agree that he took us as far on the footballing side as he could because when I saw haven't play that they only had Ross Warner and Tommy Wright in the team uh, with Jamie Collins on the on the sideline as a coach, but they played the Sutton way, if I can mm. put it like that, and that wouldn't have been any good for for the league. And and I'm like you, Matt Gray. I thought it was the Matt Gray, and when I saw him, I thought that's not Matt Gray. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Dawes, I, I you know he did a lot for the club. He laid the, a lot of foundations, um, and he still, you know, I'm sure would be welcomed back. Uh, if he came up to Gander Green Lane, and when you when anyone sees him elsewhere, he'll always have a smile. He'll always be chuffed at what Sutton are doing, and really thrilled for him. So I can't really say too much against him in in some ways. So no, you, you're absolutely spot on. And I know um, Andy has had conversations on social media telling people that yes, um, without certainly without Doss, none of this would have been happening. Yes, it's not his team. Yeah. It's not his. Um, he hasn't built this this part of it, but without the foundations, yeah. you, don't, you yeah. don't get here. Absolutely. He puts it far more eloquently than I do. Um, so. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, this this next cheesy yeah. bit was because on one of the podcasts I did last time, um, I very excitedly jumped onto um, Amber Planet to see that the the thread had loads and loads of replies, and thinking, oh, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? And found out they were discussing pubs. So I then recorded this, and this. Is giving me great joy considering two of you people on here are musicians that you're going to have to <laughs> listen to this absolute garbage for a couple of seconds. <laughs> it's called Pub of the Week. That's, that's amazing. Now, I have to tell you, I've asked someone to send me their pubs of the week. I did send them the music beforehand. I'm fairly certain they didn't listen to it because they did give me some information. So Mark Bravery may decide to excuse himself from doing this anymore. Uh, but he's looking forward to, trippy, uh, to the, the Balm in Rochdale and the Ale House in Colchester. These aren't recommendations. They're just places he's looking forward to going because he hasn't been to them for a, a while. But that's my pubs of the week. So Mark Bravery or Amber Aylmount on the forum, um, you can blame him for, for them and um, for having to listen to that music. Now, don't blame me for the pubs because he didn't really want to recommend them. Um, that was me pushing for that. But it leads me into a little thought forward about Rochdale. So should we have Jenny's thoughts on Rochdale and Colchester, first of all? 
Yeah, well, well, I can do the Rochdale. I'm not going to Colchester, as it happened. That would be only my <coughs> second match, so I'm going to miss. But I'm going up to Rochdale. I'm going to drive up there and back on Saturday. It's not so bad from Swindon. Um, it's probably a lot shorter than going from, from Sutton. Um, I have no idea about pubs. Yeah, don't, don't go in the pubs because I'm driving. Um, Rochdale, it's funny. The Swindon supporters I know, they said afterwards, they said... You'll beat Rochdale. Um, we only drew with them. They're not very good, but you'll be all right. You'll beat them. Well, Swindon aren't very good at home. In fact, they've also said to me, when you come to the county ground, you'll beat us. But I don't take any notice of things like that. Um, I'll be honest, having watched all the matches bar Portsmouth, um, I've been very Im impressed the way they have settled into the league. Uh, I felt the standard was definitely, for the most part, apart from a couple of clubs, top half of National League. Um, I don't know anything about Rochdale, but I'm a glass half full and I will go there with the great hopes that uh, when, like last season, when we used to lose one, we then uh, won the next one. If we get a draw, fantastic. If we get doing great, um, there'd probably be a reaction, but it will depend actually how many knocks we got, to be quite honest. But we had a great, we've got a great bench. We've got, you know, we don't want too many more injuries sort of midfield, but uh, apart from the players starting to, I mean, Adji Boy, you know, maybe he needs a little bit of a rest now. He's he's played most of the games, but, but we've got good replacements. So I'll be honest, I'm going out there looking for a win if we take our chances but if we make mistakes then I expect us to get punished but I'm a glass half full so I'd be happy with a draw over the moon if we get a result um, and hopefully we won't lose but looking forward to it new ground um, and they're not that brilliant that's <laughs> Rochdale that is <laughs> oh, that's famous last words that um, yeah I know yeah. <laughs> oh no I'm going to be blamed now uh, Joe your thoughts <laughs> Well, I can only be influenced by what Jenny said, that they're not very good. Um, no, uh, you know, in, in all seriousness, like you say, I don't know much about Rochdale. They're one of those teams that forever embedded in your mind, you know, in the grandstand, whatever it was. Uh, or, I don't know, you used to see them on the telly, like, or, even just the name pop up on the video printer. One of those names that always stick out for me, and that's as much as I know about them. When you look at their results this, this year, most of them by the odd goal. Um, Funnily enough, they got a result at Port Vale. Um, so they've, they've got to be half decent. Um, it, it, it feels like anyone on their day, isn't it? As discovering. I mean, I think you alluded to it, Jenny. And in fact, I think Matt has said it himself. It's like playing the top half of the National League every week. Um, you can get away with some off days down in the, in, in, in the friendly conference in the, in the National League. Um, if we have an off day, then we might find ourselves embarrassed by saying they're not very good. But I, I get the feeling we'll be on it. Like you say, I, I think the reaction management right and and to turn up for the first half hour. We've got a lead on it. If we turned up for the first half hour on, on Tuesday night, I think we would have got something out of that game. So yeah, like you, last half full, except at the end of the night. Sure, um, sure. And yeah, lovely. And Andy, when um, when Rochdale. Um, came up in the fixture list, I, I was really actually quite excited to go to Rochdale, and I'm possibly the only football supporter in the whole of the UK who's excited about going to Rochdale. Um, but, I mean, for me, one of the things, one of the real things for uh, this season is 
going to league grounds that have always been league grounds. Ones with really, yeah, really big history. Clubs that have basically kind of bounced between the third tier and the fourth tier of football league for as long as I can remember. And are really, really well established ones. And Rochdale is one of those. And Rochdale supposedly has a very good ground. Um, quite sizable. And their fans are have got a good, very good positive reputation. So I think it's, there's a lot of things there that are just going to be nice for us to experience. Um, in terms of how they're doing, I mean, their home form's actually really poor. I think they've won one in six or something like that. Um, so they're not doing fantastically well. Um, same with Colchester. Their home form is what's letting both of those down. Of course, we're now going to their places. Um, I think I can only echo really what the other two have said. It's If we go there and we turn up and we and we have a good positive reaction may well be that the defeat against Swindon actually will play in our favour because we will be more motivated to get something on the road um, it's not beyond the realm's possibility for us to get six points either of these but it really will depend on how we turn up and how we, we approach this because two one, one long and one reasonably long away trip within three days of each other is going to be quite tiring um, but I, I presume that the club would have gone up on the Friday and will stay up on the Friday, so hopefully that would be less of an issue. But, yeah, I think there's no reason why we can't come away with all three points. Because um, it's interesting, because, again, I've been to... I think the only games of league games of Mr. Caesar have been Exeter and um, Carlisle. Um, two, two very different games where we played well and we played the other. Um, in all honesty, I mean, having seen Sutton in... The Football League, National League, National League South, Eastman League. I'm actually quite disappointed that the standard of football that I found in the Football League is not yeah. higher than it is compared to the National League. I don't think the jump has been that big. And I think, mm. obviously, we've proved that. We've pretty much taken the National League side and have yeah, got results. And we haven't lost, apart from one game, I think we haven't lost by more than one goal when we have lost. Um, so, I mean, again, there are teams that I've seen, like Northampton, were absolutely atrocious. Sure. Um, you know, they were, they were really, really poor from start to finish. Scunthorpe were no better. And I think if we played Scunthorpe in September rather than August, we would have come away with quite a significant win. Um, it was just us getting... I think we started off the season a little bit scared. I think we're yeah. less scared now. Um, but I, I, again, on Tuesday, I felt a little bit of that fear came back because Swindon came at us. So... We just need to go there and go out on the front foot in the same way we did against Crawley. Um, and almost not the stuffing to start off with, out of the opposition. Um, and we, we, we could certainly come away with something from both of those games. Yeah, and I think the Colchester game falls into that um, category with the, um, as you say, in the August. Because when we were supposed to play them, we weren't actually doing that well. We were in that kind of run of, well, I say we're not doing that well, but when I'm trying to look objectively at all those games, if we had actually won every one of those games this season at the start the other team wouldn't have been able to um, cry too much so we, we had chances against Gunford we had chances against Salford um, even Exeter they, they, if we'd won that game they wouldn't have been too upset um, but we were in, playing Colchester right in the middle of that um, that run where we weren't doing so well we weren't getting the results rather um, and now it's completely switched and we are definitely getting the results obviously um, the other night aside um, but we're definitely getting the results so I think it's actually played into our favour um, obviously not for anyone who's ill with COVID and don't want any players to get that again. Um, but I think, yeah, we should, we should be looking um, for six points from these. That's 
sounds massively overconfident, especially from someone like me, who's one of the people that keeps going, no, 50 points, 50 points, 50 points. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm quietly confident this season. It's one of the very first seasons that I've gone into for a long time thinking, yeah, you know what, we're going to be okay. Um, especially yeah. when we kept most of the players. I was like, oh, do you know what? This is the first time in a long time that I, I've, I've not panicked at the start of the season, um, which is obviously... I think in addition to that, I think I think everyone could be quite confident that we are going to be okay. Um, not just because we've kept the players, but the players that have been mostly used that have come in have fitted in so well. Bennett, Smith, uh, Kizzy, you know, they've, they've all come in um, and fitted into our system. Um, and I would say strengthened our team. Yeah, so I think I, I think we're going to be able to find yeah. We're going to get to the stage rather quickly where we can say... Hey, yeah, let's not worry about 50 points. I mean, can I just say, I mean, I've said to people, and I think everyone will agree, you know, you don't come and play for something for the money to get rich because, because you know, we, we're not the highest payers. And so uh, as some of those players come in and have said, they were, especially when they played against us last season, uh, those, you know, they, 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 they wanted to be a part of the spirit that they found on the pitch of, of the camaraderie and just the togetherness. Um, and, and just the other point on the standard, I think it's that perhaps the National League has gone up a, a, a notch from the Conference South, if I can call it that. Because when you look now at how many ex-league clubs are in the National League and how many what I would call total non-league clubs, which is like your Wealdston uh, Kings Lynn, uh, you know, it's it, it is a, it is a League Three, um, and I think having played in the National League against your Hartlepool and and Stockport and Halifax and even Wrexham, that's given us a good grounding because I've looked and I thought it's like playing top six every week. Uh, it's it's I, I've been a bit disappointed as well, but not so much so because I think we'd be all right. We'd definitely be all right. We're not, you know, we're going to knock on the door, which is a bit frightening, really. <laughs> Especially when I mentioned that I didn't mean Bruce to overhear it, but he just told me to shut up. <laughs> on Tuesday, he walked past and I was, talk I was talking to Sol and uh, he overheard me and he was, shut up. <laughs> um, it's quite funny, but yeah, we'd be all right. Funny enough, on that, I was talking to, bizarrely now, because for years of supporting Sutton, it's usually who, um, but it seems now at work, is a few yeah. different people that know Sutton, and yeah. I was actually talking to him and um, saying that for years you he, you read in the papers and stuff about um, the board being a bunch of accountants, and yeah. I've never understood that as an insult because to me it's like yeah. why why wouldn't you want a bunch of accountants running the club? Yeah. You don't get into trouble that way. But... Swindon should have had a bunch of accountants. <laughs> I tell you that much. It's a nightmare. So. I'm going to wrap yeah. it here, guys. Yeah. Um, thank you very, very, very much. Um, I will definitely badger you to come on again. Um, I am going to mess with the format a little bit, different times to see what, what works best, what doesn't work best. So it may be you come on alone or come on in twos uh, or threes again, but I'll, I'll, I'll sort of yeah. tweak it as we go along. Um, anyone who's listening, if you've got any suggestions or feedback, um, you can send it to me on any of the socials, which is at Sutton Podcast or on the e my email, which is suttonpodcast.gmail.com. Um, you should hear this on all podcast um, platforms. Um, apparently, I'm on Audible now, um, Amazon Music, Spotify. 
iTunes, uh, Google, and one other one. I can't remember what it is, um, but I don't know how I've managed to do that, but somehow I am. Um, and I will see you all soon. Thanks for listening. Um, please bear with us while I'm experimenting different things and certainly accept any feedback. So once again, thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest Cheers, of your Mike. evening thank and you. take care. Thank you. Bye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.